Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until six this evening on this extended show as we bring you live commentary from three of the Champions Cup last 16 second leg between Munster and Exeter from Thomond Park. It all means Football Saturday is happening now. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106, joined by Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward in studio. Can I just clarify, there's been a bit of confusion here that reigns, um, instigated by Dan's actual father. Um, I was well, not to be clear, he, he, he rang me outside and he said, Johnny's after suggesting that an entire police force was n- named, named after, after a, a horse. horse. That's not what I was suggesting. Clearly, horses are named... For people who haven't... Who might, you know. So Robert Peel, um, I had to look this up now. I wasn't suggesting that Peelers came from a horse. I was suggesting that the horse was named after the guy after which Peelers came from. And it was Sir Robert Peel. And it turns out, JD, that the term Bobby's actually, which is another kind of police slang, um, came from Sir Robert Peel as well. But just to clarify, I was not suggesting not that... Not a horse called Bobby. ...that the British... Um, <laughs> JD did Bobby think that's Joe. what you meant as well. Bobby Joe won the national. Yeah. He did actually... You, I, 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 I told I, the story last week about him. I came across a complete and utter idiot there. Um, that may or may not be true, but I was not suggesting that he was named after a horse, that Peelers was, was named after a horse. Hope that's clarified. Good to know. Johnny is a, a man of knowledge. Well, you learn something every day. I didn't know about that, about Robert Peel mm. being the... Yeah. Man. 1870, JD. Can you yeah. imagine... Like, I, I do I do often think about, like, with the East Horizon, what was it like coming back from the races into Dublin, like, around that time? And the place has just been, yeah. you know, mad times. And um, 25,000 people, I think, attended the National in 1916. And... Um, Apparently, it was like the great and the good of society mixed in at the race meetings. I suppose, which the, which still is the case, but there's so much history to the Irish National. You've been many times, Dan. Irish National. Oh God, I would have went. Pretty much would have gone every year growing up. I think, or with my aforementioned dad, who was a history teacher. So hence, he, he asked us to correct Johnny's inaccuracies. Sort of like something that's been passed down through the generations. But um, we, we would have. Uh, we would, we, we, <laughs> that's a that's a low, low, low. <laughs> you know, it's uh, just, I got an hour to get you back. Anybody on. watching on the digital yeah. social channels are sitting beside each other, probably for the first time since COVID, yeah, it is. and uh, they're not even looking at each other. Yeah, not even. Oh, kind of it's not going to happen either. I'm sure, should we look at a camera or something? It's uh, yeah. now would have gone to the Irish National pretty much, yeah, all the time. Um, all the way up to sort of 2000. Tim Barra won the Irish National, I think. Desi Hughes. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think we were there that year and definitely would have gone all the way through. I actually haven't gone in quite a number of years. Right. But it's a, uh, it was a great day out, day yeah. Out, yeah. Yeah, a lot of football going on. Uh, Spurs Brighton goalless at the moment uh, in the Premier League, kind of a cagey affair. As Spurs uh, try to keep that fourth spot, and although they will keep it, but just keeping momentum on it. And Arsenal away to the Hampton at three, City Liverpool at half three. I kind of asked listeners out there before the break, lads, uh, is this the best ever football we've seen? I got a text in from Shane and Kildare on five three one zero six. John, I don't think you can ever say that any team is playing the best football ever. Only the best football of that generation, because there's always too many variables. Can't say either of these teams are better than the Barca team that won everything. Mm. Well, I, I suppose, I mean, this is obviously a reference to the Liverpool Man City. Yeah, last game, week, and, last Sunday. I mean, it was compellingly good. Now, I know there's obviously a sort of a counter argument to it that it was it was flawed. And I can see that point. I mean, there was there were times where it was like it was it was quite easy for both of the teams to be cut open, if you know what I mean. Like particularly even the Liverpool goal just after half time. And you're thinking you're thinking that actually a degree of like greatness in a team stops these things from happening you know and um, 
but it is also the entertainment industry as well too you know and I suppose what you have is a like you have a concentration of talent probably now I mean as would have been the case 10 years ago you would have had the concentration of talent around the top end of Spain yeah you know and to be fair like sitting down to watch a, a Clasico it was a an essential footballing experience you know and you would sort of love the games it does feel like now, like when Man City are playing Liverpool, it's an essential footballing experience. Even if you have no stake in the game or no investment in the outcome, it sort of feels like a game that you have to watch. And I, I do sort of agree. I take the point on the texter, um, what the texter is saying, and it could just be a sweet spot in a moment, you know, in, in time. And, and to some degree, the best football doesn't need to be... I mean, they've been going at it for a couple of seasons, to be fair. But like, does it need to go for further to be to, to be put those terms? But I mean, it does feel like. I mean, I suppose this is the one thing. Like, I'd be a, I wouldn't be a big fan of all English or all Spanish or all Italian or whatever uh, Champions League finals. You know, two teams from the one country. But I sort of have to admit, the idea of Man City Liverpool In Champions Paris, League yeah. final. Is a pretty attractive one. Yeah, and it's I think likely now I think as well. The, I think all, I don't know if people can text them and say completely differently, but I think that's the f- probably the neutrals' preference. And I would have would have abhorred the idea of an all English sort of final in many years. And you know, city and and where the money's coming from and all this. Again, you have that sort of little thing in your head. You have to always always, always be conscious of. Um, but football wise, it is probably the game you want to see. And then you had the contrast of the beauty of last Sunday to the beautiful chaos in another way of Atletico and the madness of that finish and where football can also be uh, because it's then about intimidation. It's about, you know, playing on the edge. It's about a cauldron of an atmosphere. And that's also compelling. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I mean honestly, was, yeah. and I know... I, I know BT wanted to make it like it was, oh, you God. know... Yeah. And like Van City, in fairness, I mean, there was two... I mean. There's always like an element of the scoreboard journalism, whatever you want to call it, and that like the, the winner writes the history yeah. and all these phrases. I mean, City, to be honest, they gave up chances, and and then afterwards you say, well, isn't you know, City sort of they defended stoutly, and they did, but they actually did give up quite a few chances, including even an injury time when when after the chaos, um, when Atleti were down to ten, they had a great chance now. I don't know what the flag have stopped it if they if they'd actually taken the chance. It's possible it might have been the case, but they actually weren't really like they weren't flawless by any means. But they got it done. I mean, Foden like, rolled onto the pitch and and did play his part and all of that, and that was conveniently forgotten. And City showed a different side to them. But I I, I found it pretty enjoyable. It was a different type of. Um, it was more of a chess game, whereas yeah. sort of uh, Man City Liverpool is very entertaining drafts or something, you know. And it's sort of it, that's the contrast that you sometimes need. I think that will stand to City that game during the week, Johnny. I feel that it's put if somebody, some somebody Shane Coleman was called anti anti football. I think his son was on breakfast on News Talk here during the week. But look, that's what Atletico are, you know, not going to win any friends, and it's all about. One nil for them if they can get the result. Just imagine, I imagine the resources that Simeone has compared to Guardiola are just nowhere near. Like, so you have to narrow the gap in some way. That's the way he rolls, and uh, you know it's it's completely compelling. I, I wouldn't necessarily like my own football team to kind of behave in that sort of you know dark arts manner uh, in order to get over the line. But uh, as a spectacle, I mean, if everyone played like Man City, it wouldn't be uh, things would get quite boring. Um, and I agree with you. I think like. Liverpool are slight favourites to win the Champions League because essentially because they've an easier uh, semi-final um, but I can't see Real Madrid beating Man City I mean 
uh, I think you know Chelsea will have regrets, but like the, it's it's amazing the you know with the likes of Modric and Benzema, Benzema what they've done this year at their age. But this is a completely different test. English football is where it's at at the moment. Um, I'm like Dan. I'd like to see a, a, a Man City a Liverpool final, not because of any great um, grow for Man City this project and the way that they've been financed and so on and so forth. Um, but just from a football perspective, what Guardiola has done, I think um, he will view his time at Man City um, as a this might sound daft but I don't think he'll see it as a complete success or he'll see it as something of a failure in some respects if he doesn't win the Champions League at some stage and I think that's what they uh, will do this year I do expect them to win the Champions League You, you were saying earlier in the year I mean, I'm mean, i bringing your own worlds back to you Yeah well that's alright It wasn't like, that Sir Robert Peel it's alright <laughs> But it was like City was like Istabrak in that first champion hurdle to have a yeah, I still believe that one. Do you still believe no, City in the yeah. Champions League is a foregone uh, well, I, yeah, well I'm not going to go against my own words am I so, No uh, but, but you'd be very confident I'm still very confident but I, 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 off tie, and I know there's a few hurdles to jump so to well, speak I, to get there they've got two legs in Israel I think they can come through that I think Real are an ageing team I know the Benzema still can, can flash in the goals but I think like Chelsea just fell asleep for the first half of that game at Stamford Bridge Chelsea were far superior the other night and they'd be kicking themselves mm. uh, I think that City Liverpool are a team that plays off emotion and I think at Anfield, you know, it's brilliant. And I do think they'd have every chance in a one-off game in a, in a final. But I'm going to stick to my guns. I just think this is the time for City to do it. Mm. If, and if I think they, they've showed character. I think they show. I think that that match will stand to them more yeah. against Atletico than the Liverpool game would have stood to them. I wonder they what have, percentage of the Paris crowd then would be Liverpool versus Man City? Like, because Liverpool would probably have probably two thirds. Yeah, yeah, something like mm. that. Be interesting. Um, like, they're, they're a better team than Liverpool, just slightly, I think. Um, but like I they should have won last Sunday. No, you see, both, yeah. both the games, both the games that they've played this season, City have had. Dominant spells that Liverpool haven't had, but the thing about it is that Liverpool they can just score so quickly, you know. So so sort of, and in a cup final scenario situation, yeah. you, you, like Liverpool have the ability to sort of absorb it and then sucker punch just like that. Well, it's funny because Brian Kerr before the game was saying there's two weaknesses here. There's Liverpool's high line is a worry, and Walker is a weakness. What mm-hmm. happened in the first minute of the second half, Walker? is exposed for that goal. And so it that, was mild that, exposure that, as well. That, like. that is the quality of, yeah. on show. That's why I'm kind of like waxing lyric about this all the time because the quality is, is, is fantastic. But um, I just do think City have had tests. They've had Dortmund last year and they had to come through the semi-final and they got to the final and they, they messed up. Guardiola messed up his tactics. Whereas I think this time, I think the other night will really stand to them. Like players like, okay, came off, Stones played well. I think these kind of things that matter and I think they matter to their character. But like De Bruyne could be out today. Um, I think Liverpool had bought seven changes against Benfica. I think they're probably going to be fresher today. And actually today, I think they've got a better chance to win this match this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, could you call them fresh though? I mean, like the this the, the well, city won't be as fresh as Liverpool. No. Yeah, like they didn't. I mean, they, they obviously knew that they were probably going to go through. But like the you know, you look at Mane, new defense, Manny and Salah, for example. Like you know, having come from the, you know the games they've been playing for the countries, have had really really busy campaigns. There's a suggestion that Salah's form is probably not quite what it was. So I don't know if any. I mean, I don't know how these teams. I don't know how Klopp just keeps getting it out of Liverpool that they can fight wars in four fronts, win the League Cup, potentially win at least one of the other three competitions because um, the. the pace they play at JD is just it's unbelievable and it's not like he's changing the team week in week out Goal is here between Spurs and Brighton in the Premier League 53 minutes on the watch Southampton Arsenal at 3 Man United Norwich at 3 we also have a Watford against um, Brentford isn't it at, at 3 o'clock and Sean Dyche uh, I think he, I think Burnley have you know written their own death warrant there with uh, the f- proper football man being sacked yesterday yeah, it's strange because actually it was it was only yesterday morning I was listening to a podcast that Keith Tracy 
All right. On uh, this under the cosh, it's this sort of podcast where it's a couple of ex-footballers getting generally sort of lower league players on who sort of tell sort of war stories and tales from their career. And, and Keith Tracy's one is, um, I know Aidan Fitzmaurice in our paper has spoken to him. Um, like, you know, Keith Tracy's story of sort of regret and, and very openly issues with drink and, and women and, and a lot of problems he had. And he went through the various managers that he worked with and how, you know, they didn't, Eddie Howe couldn't really understand how to make him tick and various, and he said that Sean Dyche was the one manager at Burnley that he felt met a real effort with him as a person. Right. Tracy told a story about sort of Dyche going jogging with him because Tracy struggled with his sort of fitness and his, you know, his lifestyle and everything was bad. Very, he's spoken very openly about this, as on the record, you know, really, really bad pro and, and Dyche just saw there was something there and he tried to save him. He took him, took him for jogs and looked out. And I think Tracy would consistently make the point it was that man management, it was that sort of little touch, those little touches that, that sort of, over a long period of time, sustained him. And he was able to sort of, you know, that club, you know, he, he was the longest serving sort of top flight manager. Like he, he was always working with a bottom three or four budget. But he had a sort of a, a rapport with his squad and, and, and people wanted to play for him that probably managed to make the sum greater than the parts at times. And to me, it's very... I know Burnley have come under new ownership in the last couple of years. And I remember being over there at one point and there was great excitement about this. And I think they wanted to sort of emulate Stoke by having a big training ground and all. And now it looks like there's a danger that they will emulate Stoke by going down to the championship with a sort of a big earning squad. Um, having taken some gambles that didn't pay off, and to me, to me, it's a mistake. I have to say. Um, now, of course, there'll always be counterpoint. Maybe it had gone stale. Maybe you know. Maybe it reaches the stage where they realise maybe you know you can't repeat repeat the same formula again and again. You roll the dice. I understand that concept. But they weren't too far behind. You know, it's not that... Yes, they lost to Norwich. Seems everyone loses to Norwich, gets sacked a couple of days later. Um, and his comments around Frank Lampard and stuff and Everton were probably bizarrely misguided. But to me, I don't know. Yeah, the timing is all wrong. Isn't like, it? The whole squad is moulded in his... Like, yeah. He has a particular style of play, right? Yeah. So... It's not as if to say these create there's there's a someone who can come in and, and play in a dramatically different style or something you yeah, know yeah it, it feels like he's best placed to probably know what to do with those resources I have to say yeah um, but we'll see what they produce yeah, it's four four two it's what you know what you see is what you get like like losing Chris Wood is probably a negative because he was a big target man for them it went to Newcastle mm. obviously we know why he would go there and he'd relationship with Eddie Howe it hasn't made that many changes brought Veghorst in. It's hard. It's hard to stay in the Premier League, as you say, with those levels of resources and the best run they've had as a club since the 1960s. And I think with these clubs, all these clubs disappear. They, they go down the championship, but they don't come mm. back. It's. I, I think I may get yeah, it. Unless they come back in their first season. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's yeah. the sort of the and, caveat. And Sean yeah. Dyche was the person who yeah, did that. So yeah. you can make it. Um, all of the bottom six teams have basically changed their manager now this season. And um, it's ten teams in the Premier League have, haven't mm. they, or something? That's, uh, something like that. It's wrong that like you sh- you sh- it's wrong that you should be able to almost make that decision at this stage from an abs- about an absolute club legend. Um, I thought the Bielsa one. 
I thought that was kind of reasonable enough in that he like they had great time for him but they were really really they were, tanking nah, they were, they were and he was kind of goals like he was kind of half on the way out anyway I yeah, think so yeah, I could yeah. see that some of them I think are just like well if you if you brought in the manager it's your fault more so than the manager himself and like Sean Dyche I don't know I, 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 I hope they go down now to be honest well they are I think they are going down I, I would say now with, mm. uh, with Watford and Norwich um, interesting will you get another club because you could see I could see a, reputation a, a, like. Sean Dyche well, in Everton or, yeah. or a Leeds you could see him in those types of positions absolutely I remember like there was obviously quite a few Irish players at Burnley the Nathan Collins has gone there now but a couple of years ago there would have been sort of a clutch of Irish players yeah. there Hendrick and Brady and Kevin Long obviously is still there and I remember sort of done, yeah. yeah and I remember sort of hearing from someone in the game that they felt that Deutsch was looking to see what come up he was linked to Crystal Palace at one stage and I think there was a, certainly a view of players at the club that maybe you know he, he, he there was a sense that rather than lose his job there he would look to make a leap to somewhere else before that happens because in, in football it's, an, it's inevitable you get the sack you know if you stay around long enough I mean what's that I mean are, are Klopp and Guardiola are the longest serving Klopp is the longest one yeah. in the Premier League but I think they're even the fourth and fifth in English wow. football overall okay. across the 92 clubs so there's a certain inevitability that you get the bullet and you try and leave on your own terms but I think it's one of those where he's he hasn't left with any damage to his rep or no, anything not like at that all. so any I think what will happen in the summer probably is maybe not I don't know it could be hard to get back in at a Premier League club initially but any sort of there'll be a lot of, there'll be a raft of changes at the top of the championship there always is and he'll get a good project club it's I funny in, in a League of Ireland context as well Liam Buckley at Sligo Rovers and definitely Keith Long at Bohemians like they, Keith Long will, will be under, under under pressure now both of um, you know collapsed in games this season and these are managers whose reputation really not that long ago was sky high and it can change so quickly are we in a sacking culture though here? Um, not not to the same degree not to the same, no, not like, to the not, same, not degree, to the same um, degree but I mean there is a turnover and it does happen I, I think like you have people like Ollie Horgan and stuff who've been there what eight mm. eight years now but there was a lot of changes over the winter but it wasn't necessarily forced by by sackings but I mean the UK is another level when it comes no. to it's that. ridiculous like, but it's, it's like it's, why, why doesn't the chairman take, is a, why doesn't is a, the chairman take the blame well you gave him the job like so why are you now a year well, and a half didn't give him, well, no, but see, this is what happened in, in general context, do you know what I mean like, they, they haven't given him the job and this is the thing it's a new ownership who've decided no, in, in a general sacking the chairman brings in this manager and he makes a big deal out of it but then like well you're sacking him but you brought him in so like whose fault is this and you're only giving him what a year here you know so it's generally statistically you sack the manager it doesn't make any difference or it doesn't improve your, your fortunes and that's and it costs you a lot of money obviously well there are examples of man- I, I don't agree with this decision but I mean there are examples as we know of clubs getting rid of managers and they keep them up and that's the that's mm. the that's the gamble they're playing all they totally. want is someone to do that because the money is just like exorbitant amounts of money at stake here and if you're eight games from the end and you look like you're struggling, the only, you can't get rid of the players. You know, the only card you have to play is to change the manager. That's why it happens it's now. It's the financial balance. They, they all have, like. they all, well, you know, there's, 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 there's exit clauses and all these things in it mm-hmm. that sort of give the manager a degree of protection. But I just think in this one, it's like, it's like I do agree with you on Bielsa. Bielsa, they were leaking defense, they were leaking goals. I think someone can come in. But Burnley actually are, you know, I I, just, I think it's a tough one for someone to come in and put some, no, some no, kind not of staff that team, on them. Yeah, no, the, the, it's know? a panic decision. It's a panic decision. I'd imagine is there something else going on as well, like that? Um, maybe he's not getting on with them or something. That it's yeah. it just seems a little bit a little bit off the wall. Yeah, um, Evan Ferguson on the bench there for Brighton today. Shane Duffy's got a tie problem. Um, 
any Irish in the championship yesterday you're watching there, Dan? I was, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the championship is brilliant. And I think there probably will be people listening to this who'd be in, maybe in the likes of sort or not, you know, Nottingham Forest and various clubs because Blackburn, there's probably a few Blackburn sort of fans out there from the from the nineties or whatever. Wagoners at the time. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're now you know, the, the those kids of today are now City or Chelsea fans or something. But, <laughs> but um yeah, I mean the championship playoff race, I mean Fulham are, are up, right? So Mitrovic has scored around hundred goals. Um and then Bournemouth look okay. Um, and we have an Irish interest That's there Tra- Mark, Mark Travers, Travers yeah. and then okay, Robbie Brady's hardly involved and Gavin Kilkenny but the race for the playoffs is it's, it's, it's sort of there's, there's probably seven or eight clubs in with a chance and Luton beat Nottingham Forest that was a TV game yesterday Luton have, have Alan Sheehan who's a first team coach there and there's a uh, Peter Coyoso Irish born player there as well too but there's Luton Nottingham Forest Sheffield United Blackburn Middlesbrough there's a sort of a Coventry around the edge of it um, and you have a series of like clubs who were like Premier League staples um, in the 90s you know Blackburn Forest who have been in the Premier League I think it was 97, 98 or something like that Coventry who've had all their issues with ownership and they've gone down um, Huddersfield or sorry and third I forgot to mention them a great, but Luton have been down to the conference Right. And like yeah. eight years ago, they were in the conference. When were they last in the top flight? Uh, I think it was at Early the very start of the. Would have been the very start of the Premier League, maybe. Luton yeah, they got to the Cup semi final in '94. That's the last time yeah. I remember Luton doing anything. But it is. It's a weird one because your point about um, when clubs go down and they come back up. I mean, you have that situation where Fulham, you've got Bournemouth, you've got sort of West Brom, you've got Sheffield United trying to get back up. So you, you do have these parachute payments that gives you a great chance. Initially, yeah, but then if you're carrying big wages and stuff, it's very hard to offset it. Um, but what's great this year is that you have a couple of clubs in there who are punching way above their weight. It would be transformative for them if they could get up. Um, but Irish wise, see, I mean, the best Irish solution probably would be the less, the least romantic one, which would probably be Sheffield United emerging from it, right? Um, with John Egan, you've got Conor Harrahan, you've got Enda Stevens, yeah, the Goldrick obviously is not involved. You know, Daryl Lenehan's at Blackburn. Um, you sort of have, um, yeah, Huddersfield. I mean, Danny Grant hasn't really played. So I think Stephen Kenny is probably a Sheffield United fan okay. in this context, you know. But I'm not sure. I think there's other stories that would be better storylines, if you know what I mean. But yeah, if, yeah. this is all coming up. And it's going to be a mad sort of couple of weeks at the end of May because you're going to have the the Champions League final, you're going to have the the playoff finals, then you have these rearranged sort of... Uh, the Premier World Cup, Well, yeah. the Premier League finale, of course. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to have like the World Cup, the Scotland-Ukraine game, yeah. which is like June the 1st, bleeding into the Nations League. And there's, um, there's, there's a lot of stuff and even some clashing and overlapping events and stuff like that. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a good time. I always find that the playoff final is almost bigger than the, whoever finishes in the top two because it, you know it's it's everything on the line, isn't it? To get Luton Forest was nineteen eighty nine uh, league cup final, if I remember, it, uh, which uh, Forest won. Nineteen eighty nine was it? Yeah. God, yeah. yeah I had to look up um, Kenilworth Road as well recently, just because um, it will not. It's 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 it wouldn't pass licensing as they would yeah, say for passing pitch. Level. And there's yeah. a there's a tiny little entrance like it, it basically looks like into one of the one of the um, sections yeah it's just like it's basically in the middle of a little row of houses into one of the stands it's from a totally other era what a story and yeah. you're a long suffering um, Indo colleague Aidan O'Hara must be getting excited yeah because like Nick Harford is on the sideline mm. who's um you know, Luton legend is still a very much part of staff, but a continuity from the old days. Very good. Spurs nil, Brighton nil, Dan and Johnny with more from Football Saturday after the news. Don't go away.
the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until six o'clock this evening on an extended show because we're bringing you live commentary from three of the Champions Cup last 16 second leg between Munster and Exeter from Tumman Park. It means Football Saturday is happening now. Remember, Football and Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Newcastle versus Leicester on Super Sunday live only on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball, listen on News Talk, watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. We're joined by Dan McDonnell of the Irish. Independent and Johnny Ward the broadcaster and journalist as always to talk about the beautiful game teams are in for Man United against Norwich here at 3 o'clock uh, De Gea in goal with uh, Dallo Lindelof Maguire and Tellez across the back Pogba in midfield and then quite an attacking lineup so Sancho Bruno Fernandes Jesse Lingard and Alanga all behind Cristiano Ronaldo so they're all going to be impressing Dan Eric Ten Hag it seems yeah, I mean, it does seem finally we have a bit of finality. Like we were sort of chatting about a small bit off air. Like I've gone a bit, I've got a bit fatigued by the whole Manchester United thing. Because this will they, won't they? Who's it going to be and stuff? And you're like, right now something has happened. You know, now they've made their move, they've made their decision. Um, you know, you're reading some of the reports this week. It does look like he's prepared to dump Ronaldo, which is um, does he have to? Uh, I controversial. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine there's a real financial obstacle to it, other than um, because they, all these clubs, when it comes to it, they have money to solve problems. I know there's obviously a commercial angle to Ronaldo and stuff, and you can argue the rights or wrongs of doing it. And I think you know, certainly is it, it, I'm sure it's a divisive one, but at least it's a decision. Like ultimately, you're reading the reports this week and on the coverage, and it seems like they very much are signing him to be a coach as opposed to be like a a, a powerful figure who a like Fergie. yeah, you know, and maybe you know, I think it was was it a James Ducker piece I read in the Telegraph, which was on this, um, which which was was very much suggesting that even Pochettino there was a feeling would he be one who would want too much of a say and that that by going for Ten Hag they're like right they want someone who's going to sort of implant a football philosophy or a way of doing things on the dressing room so as such maybe is it easier for him to just come in and say well I want to play in a particular way you've hired me to do this this particular player doesn't fit this you sort it if you know what I mean rather than it becoming a sort of a thing where he has to Ted Hag versus it. Ronaldo Ted yeah. Hag versus Which, Pogba if I think if he, if he ends up in that he's not going to win it no he's you know? not so I think you, you probably need that problem to be taken out of his hands by his superiors and Ronaldo I, I mean he's, he's not, I, don't, I can't imagine it's not in his character to sit there and and not play I don't think I don't think he'd be a great influence in that scenario he's got a World Cup in December so I'd imagine you know and he's always got something else he'd want to conquer Is there anybody know? who could buy a United out in terms of Ronaldo he's, like I was reading up to 40 million a year he's on would anybody in the States buy him out? Yeah like well that's I mean, the States would be funny because they'd be the league buying him as opposed to a club I mean the MLS sort of model I'm sure they'd I'm sure they'd be willing to to, to consider that very strongly Um I think you're right though. I think he needs Where to be able to make go? his decision. Ten Hag needs to be able to say, I, if I don't want this guy and the United, I need to back him because United have been driven by, as you say, commercial decisions rather than footballing decisions for too long. 
Yeah, I think if you're if you're if it is the, the the suggestion is that they're hiring this guy purely for the football side to to sort of create a team in a particular style that he wants, then you can't you can't sort of have legacy issues that hinder that. And it may well be that the job is 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 too complicated because he can't clear out the entire dressing room, you know, and um, he's going to have to deal with that. But this is obviously a big one. And you have to trust that these reports are true and that this is the... But if he if he does genuinely believe that Ronaldo doesn't fit with what he wants to do, then like, that has to sort of be sorted because otherwise it becomes a real issue for him. Because what's going to be the number one question you're going to be asked about all the time? Understandably so. It's the most famous or one of the most famous names in the world. Who will he's also be getting a year older? Who will be photographed on the bench every time he's not playing? Yeah, if that's the case, or if he's not slapping our phones out of Imagine he'd go off somewhere exotic, yeah, because in Europe he's he just he wouldn't his limitations would be a bit. Oh, too I don't know what you mean. Like, where do you think? Like US or something like that. Mm. I don't know. Like, it's hard to see a top top um, no. European club going not from not now. at thirty seven years um, of age. It's not like I think Ronaldo's still a bit of a freak of nature at his age for what he's doing. Like I think it's it's probably just that just um, at an elite level to be able to play in a pressing style. Yeah, right? it's not if that's the style that you want to play. Um, exactly, and go um, home. You know, go back to where he started or something like that. Because yeah. he's won leagues in X amount of countries. Maybe you want to mind to do it somewhere else or something. Uh, still, Spurs nil, Brighton nil in the Premier League. Seventy-eight minutes gone at uh, the new White Hart Lane. Uh, Shane Long on the bench for Southampton against Arsenal. So Arteta has seen the error of his ways from last week so he's put Jack back into midfield so it's Ramsdale and goal with uh, Cedric Suarez right back uh, Gabriel and Ben White and then you have Nuno Tavares who's got the chance now at left back with uh, Tierney injured uh, Sami Lakonga, Xhaka and Odegaar uh, in midfield with uh, Bakaya Saka Gabriel Martinelli and Eddie and Ketia getting the start up front so uh, Lacazette not involved today Lacazette I was reading only had scored what four games in the Premier League this season so Will Arsenal come through in that one at three o'clock? And we also have, what, Wanford against Brentford from three o'clock as well, just going through the teams there. No Irish interest, uh, but Brentford have been excellent. A great team to watch. And Ericsson back in the team there again today. So he's been pivotal since he's come into the side there for... Uh, one of the truly feel-good stories. Ah, it's a great story. Of, of, of great story. football history, I think. Um, last night you were at Shamrock Rovers in Pats. Damn. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like sort of again, like seven and a half thousand people there, um, and it's almost becoming something you expect. Decent crowds right. like that, which is which is that's great. capacity now. It was yeah, out. yeah, it was. It was pretty much. Got to mention out. the model of uh, Milltown that you saw on the way in. Oh yeah, so cool. there was. Um, I would have posted this on Twitter. So there's a Shamrock Rovers fan, Mick Cairns, uh, the sort of well-known Rovers fan, who during lockdown and everyone did their own project in in lockdown or did various things and committed to a certain you know, good habits or whatever, he decided to build uh, a replica model of Milltown. Right. Working off Park. Glenmore Park in Milltown. And it's incredible. Like, it was sort of a cardboard job, but it took him a year to do it. The detail, the sort of granular level detail of, like, the, the, the turnstiles, where they were, just... I posted on Twitter, it's sort of hard to describe it, but it's unbelievably precise. I think he worked off a particular picture or something to, to, to mould it. But anyway, um, that was that was one element of it. The game, I mean, Shamrock Rovers were quite good last night. Um, just I, I just really enjoyed the atmosphere and the occasion. The game itself maybe didn't quite ignite. Um, but when you had Shamrock Rovers, who were six points behind beforehand, facing into a tough run of games, and they won, and then the news comes through that Derry have lost at home to Shelburne, all of a sudden it's three points and you think yeah like Rovers are, are motoring so the, the story last night was more so I think Damien Duff and Shells 
shocking Derry as opposed to what Rovers did. Yeah, over I think the biggest story was Bowes. With like Bowes have collapsed in in so many games, JD. I think if you going into last night, if if the table um, were deemed on how teams were doing after an hour, Bowes were top. If the table were deemed on how teams did in the subsequent half an hour, Bowes were bottom of the table. They were. Um, Finn Harps got a player sent off early they ended up going behind Finn Harps went 2-1 up Finn Harps got another player sent off they were against nine men and they somehow implode in like the 94th minute or whatever it was and concede again and I, I don't know what is going on at Bowes it's, it's an amazing collapse as Dan says Damien Duff embraced and Shea Given at Brandywell you know it's great to see two proper proper legends of Shea football. there just watching was he? I yeah. guess he yeah I guess he Damien Duff said after he was like joking if I was Shea I'm assuming Shea Given's home and he said, if I was him, I would have been in Lifford sipping pints, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. but he, uh, he came down to, to watch to watch Damien Duff. I mean, this is the one point. Uh, like, all of Damien Duff's former teammates are fascinated to see how it goes. Yeah. We've, we've, I've encountered this. We've had one or two of them on the show. They're all following how Shells are doing. And I was in the... The thing with Shells and Duff, they've, they've never lo- they haven't lost away from home. Well, they've, they've actually taken from five games away from home. And they've only one point from five games at home, mm. which is mad. So he's created a team that's very good away from home and hard to be an efficient. They just What's need the to style? translate it. Well, they effectively play with a similar system to Shamrock Rovers with a sort of a back three, um, but it's quite a defensive setup ahead of it. It's the like people say sometimes the three at the back is a defensive formation because you have an extra defender and you can make it a sort of a three-five-two or a three-five. It's five. a five-five at the back. At yeah, times, like yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're they're quite difficult to sort of penetrate. You know, the the first game of the season that people might watch on TV, they got done on the counter attack three times effectively or twice out of three goals and I think that was a bit of a scarring experience so they've tightened it up the issue they have is scoring goals but obviously away from home and, and nearly every League of Ireland team has a problem in scoring goals in some respect like a lot of the main strikers are, are quite old or they're just not banging in goals necessarily it's not an easy league to bang in goals and uh, I don't know Dan like the it's it's Joey O'Brien as well so like are Damien Duff and Joey O'Brien going to become a thing now like because they, they probably are working very well together and I think Joey O'Brien we had Aid Irvin on our podcast during the week and he was um, he's a sharper saying, midfielder he was just saying how Joey O'Brien's knowledge of the game. Like Joey O'Brien was a was you could you could probably tell from his time at Shamrock Rovers that he was going to make a good coach because he just he was so important in that and so vocal and such a, a leader. But uh, you know, Shells are still third last, which is mad because I think Duffer would be. I think you'd be generally quite happy with how it's gone. Well, there's, yeah, um, there's three points between third and eighth, but yeah. Sh- Shells and Bowes play at three o'clock on Easter Monday. There's an Easter Monday amount of games. Now, I'd imagine tickets for that game would probably sell out pretty just, quickly. I'm just interested but in if that. not, mm. yeah. Uh, so Hearts 2 Hibs won, by the way, in the Scottish Cup. Uh, that's into extra time now, the um, Edinburgh Derby. How many could fill Tallah Stadium last night? 15,000? Yeah. I know, no, I, I, no, no, but I think the point, JD's point would be if, could you? if more people. I, I don't know, I think the Bowes Rovers one is interesting this Friday because it's a daily mount this coming Friday and like that's going to be restricted to maybe, I don't know, 4,000 or something like that. I reckon you could sell comfortably sort of double that, maybe a bit more if they were going. I think Rovers Pats. Like that, that might have been the ceiling of that yeah, game, or yeah, maybe a, okay. a little bit more. It's early in but the season, the Rovers Bowes game at Tala earlier in the season, for example, like that's so loud. I think just certain games. The idea, like I, I saw Dermot Looney actually is sort of a, a sort of an old mate of ours, but he was also on the South Dublin County Council, and he said that when they were building the third stand in Tala, there were some people who were against it, saying, "Well, they'll never fill that." Now they're in the con- they're in the process of putting a fourth stand into Tala to bring the capacity up to ten thousand or so, and I think it's realistic to think that league games can attract around ten thousand at them. 
Um, I think a lot of things seemed, with them. Which wouldn't have seemed, uh, to be honest, and we'd be quite positive about it, but a couple of years ago, I, I wouldn't have imagined that would have been the case. But now, a lot of kids, people going, every, every, something happening. Everything is marketing. Obviously, it's the quality of the football as well, but marketing is a huge I, thing. I, I think, I think, I think it's a big Shamrock thing now. Though, I think the quality of the football you're subjected to Antella at a comfortable uh, stadium is actually very important because if you go to Shamrock Rovers game, it's invariably good football. And that's like, you can't just say to, you know, oh, like if you market the League of Ireland, but if you go to the ground and it's 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 a dump and the football is bog standard, people aren't going to keep coming back. So mm. the football the football has improved massively in terms of watchability in Ireland, I think. Well, I think, I think, I think sorry, Chico, I know we want to move on maybe, but just the one thing I would say, and I was thinking about this last night, the amount of kids there, mm. but also from teams, like they have partnerships mm. with various clubs. Right. And you could see I was I was All the under teams was, as well. I was quite early there last night and there was a whole team combined. I'm not sure what team they were. It might have been Cordoff running a fifty of them walking by together and there was a gang of them screaming you know Rovers a couple of them screaming Pats but they were buzzing to be going to this game and they were all being brought by their managers or whatever they were all in their tracksuits of their club right. and I think that's a massive part and I do think Johnny's touching on I think the underage leagues the national underage leagues that all of a sudden you do have like under 13 under 15 under 17 under 19 and Rovers actually had been starting this already before that started but you, it actually does give people a bit more of attachment with the club I saw it like Dara Burns who's a star player for some Pats who's going to be an excellent player he was speaking the other day about going to Richmond two years ago because he was involved with the 17s and as a result he then started to go and watch the first team I think there's a lot more of that now where there's an attachment as opposed to the first team just being like the first team and that's it yeah, yeah, and yeah. No one, so I think that all of a sudden parents they're like well my son plays for or my daughter plays for they're underage let's go and watch the first team at the weekend and I saw and Gavin Bazuna's um, I saw Gavin Bazuna's debut for Shamrock Rovers and like that's the thing you might see a future star um, you know there are probably James Abank was playing last yeah. night yeah James Abank I was looking last night at James Abanqua and Dara Burns on the same side of the pitch for some pats it's not, it's not a million to one. It's probably much, much shorter odds that both of them could probably be capped at senior level right. for Ireland one day. 5-3-106. Hats off to the Duffer and Shells. Great win last night. I think the marketing around the women's team has been excellent. Mm. I'm not just saying that because we've erased it at Sky here, but like we know who Katie McCabe is now, Denise O'Sullivan. And once again, I'm thinking to myself, there's no reason with a huge push to the to the people in the country that you couldn't have 30,000, 40,000 people I, I that totally game against agree. Finland. I totally agree. And, and if, if you pricing is, is competitive as well. Yeah, like you saw the, the, the Northern Irish crowd against England was 59,500 thereabouts. Um, so that's a template. The Sweden happens first. That was a great vibe in the ground yeah. in the game. I think, um, I've said this for a long time, I think, f- f- you know, women's sports going to explode. And I think so many, uh, you know, we we met uh, our friend Derek's uh, daughter during the week, um, and she's a young footballer. She's twelve, and like just to see her eyes light up when she spoke about the Irish team and going to games and that. Like, and it's it's um, I think for particularly for young girls who want to get into sport, this is so uplifting for them to see Katie McCabe. And granted, what I loved about the game in one respect was like it was such an Irish men's performance of old, where it was like best ever one one <laughs> backs against the wall. It was so like I was mesmerized by Sweden at times. So much skill, like I really was. I don't. I have to admit I don't watch that many women's games like um, there's so much sport in my life that there's only so much I take in I really enjoyed it and uh, the Irish spirit and the skill of Sweden and that's where Ireland have to be looking to get to talent wise but I think it's going to explode I really do Yeah I think it's an interesting debate you raise about the Aviva because like this game against Finland is such a big game like it's a huge game 
But then do you want it to become the subject of this big novelty experience where you get people going? Like, this is a big match. Part of me almost thinks that's something that you should aspire towards. But within this campaign... Goal. They're, they're Brighton have scored. Goal. Leandro Trossard, 1-0 against Spurs, 89 minutes. Yeah. See, Matt Doherty, was the, Matt Doherty was the key to the whole Spurs revival, JD. He was, This yeah. is what's happened. But I think there's a slight danger. You make this... Like, I, the type of event you're talking about, I can understand a big push to it. But then you have lots of people going who maybe don't regularly go and as an atmosphere does it become a little bit sort of I don't di- agree dilutes the the importance of the event whereas it's not a case of the big thing that this team needs to do is qualify for a tournament pack Tala which they haven't done yet they've come close to it but Where they haven't the actually done it play? I th- I th- I'd be very interested to hear the opinions I think longer term I'm sure they want to play in the Aviva but I think the players want to play in the World Cup next year mm. and what gives them the best chance is it the place that you know that's a bit smaller where you can actually make it a little bit intimidating and full and or give it a what about or four times that people though if they could four times that. that people but in that sort of cavernous stadium which can be a bit strange I if it's know. if there's not a, I, I was in, in Lansdowne for Bowes games the 8,000 and those good yeah, yeah so it I was don't. but that was 8,000 Bowes fans to sing and the dynamic at the women's matches is dramatically different Johnny as you know like it's a lot of younger people going which is great but I, I just I'd be a little bit sort of on defence about that I think it's what they should be aspiring towards but should you be using your biggest game in years as that type of experiment I'm not so sure I think it's all about getting to this tournament and then that's the that's the almost that propels it all your pre-tournament friendlies and all that you have them in the Aviva and that becomes the thing I just don't know I'd, I'd be I'd be a little bit on the fence. I can see the idea of they've moved the Women's Cup final to Tala as well. I was at it last year and yeah, there was only maybe three, three and a half thousand but it was a better event than 500, 1,000 in the Aviva as a warm-up to the FEI Cup final when it's just, Mm. the, the, the acoustics weren't great and it's a bit sort of, I don't know, so I think there's a. I'd be interested to hear the opinions of the players yeah. and, and people involved. It's another in it. part of the League of Ireland thing as well. When you are going to get clubs now with dual teams and that goes down into underage, it just becomes this massive family where you'll get like coaches crossing over and you get a lot of the you know supporters of one team going to watch the other. And I think that's where the League of Ireland has, has still has an awful lot of potential as long as as well as the underage. Five minutes to stoppage time at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham nil, Brighton one, and Brighton to be fair, I think deserve this. Uh, they frustrated the Spurs all day and. Andrew Trossard very well taken goal the, the Belgian as they go on the attack again Brighton to make it try to make it 2-0 this would be a bad blow for Spurs in the race for a fourth spot now they're still going to be ahead even if Arsenal win uh, against Southampton today but uh, this is not the, sad, the, the result the Spurs wanted hmm. Tottenham will always let you down in the end <laughs> yeah. that top four race has got still yeah, it's no, got it's, some it's, life it's, left yeah, in it yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a, at one point we thought that was all the season was going to give us until the Premier well, League it. race sort yeah. of uh, yeah. was reignited like you, you mentioned a, a, basically a Roy Keane comment there like is it not mad that like Stephen Kenny is asked to talk about Roy Keane talking about a goal celebration and that's the news story and I'm there like this is ridiculous and then I still end up reading it what so are you like, talking about what are you talking about what, Johnny, what, Johnny, what, I think you've forgotten what tangent is this Johnny you've joined Johnny the Johnny centre it's like you've joined Tottenham this conversation halfway down, through basically. it like oh, yeah. Roy Keane's comment about Spurs Spurs will always let you down is that what he said as far as I know okay. so if I'm paraphrasing but so yeah so Stephen Kenny is asked to comment on Roy Keane saying we over celebrated the goal against Lithuania it was like the, the, the Roy Keane spectre is, will this ever end like, it was Laro actually I took that out of 
Oh, it was Laro. Laro I think you'll find, Johnny, that the one person who introduced Roy Keane to this show today was you. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the irony of it. So, like, you, I still read. We're uh, going to clip this now. We'll get about twenty thousand views <laughs> on our on our, on our Twitter page. Somebody for, asked me yesterday. Johnny's, Johnny and Roy Keane. You brought him up in a completely the wrong context, and you've you've now you've now added Roy Keane to this <laughs> football I, hour. I've not Roy Keane called <laughs> after Sir Robert Peel. <laughs> <laughs> he was called after a horse. He was a bit keen. He raised a bit keen. He was actually a Spurs fan when he was young. Roy Keane. Um, the expression raised a bit keen was actually yeah. true with Roy Keane. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the goal scorer was, was Troy Parrott. Shane spoke about last week. What about his goal since for uh, MK Dons? Like, I mean, Named after the wooden him. horse of Troy, of course. Yeah, okay, we've, we've taken that a yeah. bit far now. But uh, Troy Parrott, <laughs> I think, I think horse, that goal they celebrated because it meant a lot and his, his confidence is actually mad high after it. Yeah, there's um, nothing wrong with celebrating goals. Exactly. What is the best ever goal celebration? I always just think it's got to be Tardelli. Tardelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. be Tardelli. Snap. Yeah, Dan, you um, for the I mean, the whole players on the pitch, yeah, up in the pitch, uh, Phil Brown was pretty good, to be honest. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Bullard. Yeah, it was Paul McShane's idea, though. Was it? It was Paul McShane's idea. Right. He just didn't get to score the goal, so people think it was actually Paul McShane's idea. Apparently, that one where they do. Re- do you remember this? They recreated the lecture that <laughs> Phil Brown did. So yeah, Timori gets by as well. Um, Newcastle. Was yeah, it? that oh, was an angry one. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> lost the plot. It wasn't one he'd worked on in the training. <laughs> No, maybe it was. That was yeah. amazing, yeah. I'm trying to think uh, of an Irish football celebration. Ronnie Whelan's was good yeah. in 88. Yeah, uh, that was more a, sort of a Tardelli. Robbie Brady, obviously, of, uh, uh, you know, the, deal, the photos yeah. of him, in, well, maybe that wasn't a celebration itself, but they were, they were good no. days. We're, we're, we're short on sort of... Troy Parrott's against Lithuania was great, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Do any pundits have anything to say about that or <laughs> going to bring him up again? No. Uh, I did all like oh, why does Stephen Kenny have to answer this and then I end up bringing in the story totally out of context because Roy Keane just hovers over us all mm. yeah how do we see City Liverpool then going half three well, have we got the teams I mean, no, no, no we're yet. waiting for the teams to come yeah, out yeah. I mean it is pretty significant you know the sort of the, you know, the De Bruyne situation um, although you talk about that freshness angle and of course they've made the seven changes but you still look at the City bench during the week you know, and they, they they have options that they can bring into the situation to sort of freshen them up. And even from last Sunday, you know, in terms of Gundogan and, you know, they they they, they can rotate, you know, Mares and, and whatever way they want to play it. Um, but I do take your point, like the, some of the Liverpool frontliners weren't involved during the week and you think that gives them a chance. But I don't know, like... <sighs> Like it, Interesting there's are no no trains from either. Uh, that's why it's on a half three. Yeah, on a, on it's a which me, it certainly makes it complex. Um, but I don't know. Like, is have you been to an FA Cup final? Yeah, I've been to quite a few actually. Yeah, I've would I've been to quite a few because purely work wise with like Irish involvement in them. So I would have been at the Man City Stoke one. That was all. Um, yeah, 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 Tour, yeah. Was, yeah. Then there was another one. Uh, I was at where Everton scored early against Chelsea. Did Everton yeah. score early against yeah, Chelsea? That's right, yeah. I'm not sure, trying to figure out why I was at that one. Probably a sort of a, well, I'm not sure if it was Seamus Coleman involved or not. Um, but I've been at a couple. Is yeah. it an occasion still? Is it? A, yeah, like, I mean, it's still, like, you have that thing where you come out of Wembley. Brighton have won 1-0 oh. away to Tottenham and a blow for Spurs in the race for top four as Antonio Conte walks down the tunnel. Leandro Trossard with a late goal there for the Seagulls. Well deserved. Yeah, no, you come out of the, like, you come out of the tube at the Wembley station and you have the, the Wembley way as it is now. And it's I was at the other one with Aston Villa were in it. Arsenal, um, was it? I'm trying to think of the year Aston Villa when they, where, they, where they won the semi-final where Greedish was exceptional. Right. I'm trying to think. So it's very, quite bad I don't remember the specific ones. Um, 
But no, it's, it still is. I think today because they've 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 obviously messed around with it a bit, and it's never going to get back to where it was. But they've tried the sort of the evening kickoff. Right. They've tried, you know, they've had it before the league season finishes and all these various incarnations of it. But it is one of those where you feel like it means more to the clubs. Like when Stoke were in it, it was a massive event. Right. For Stoke, you know, they were like the yeah. dominant. So all around the station, all coming up to it, they were everywhere, and you're always hoping that someone like that would be involved I mean you, you'd probably think this year well, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace would be the like, the story would, the, the team that would deliver that I think story. it mattered a lot to David Delaney and probably mattered a lot to David Myler when they were in finals and that but kind of Hull, thing but Hull of course yeah yeah. No, I think but I mean the, the, the thing about it is that the big clubs for all they say they don't take it seriously they actually are the ones that are dominating the FA Cup now because they can afford to rest players and they still have the power to get all the way so Tottenham now play 32 games on 57 points Arsenal play 30 and they're on 54 points and they kick off against Southampton at 3 o'clock Man United are on 51 uh, in 7th just behind West Ham on goal difference and United kick off against Norwich an attacking lineup for the game there at 3 o'clock with Ronaldo leading the line and Watford against Brentford is the other 3 o'clock match in the Premier League we've got commentary of West Ham against Burnley tomorrow thanks so much lads what's the Easter plan? Oh, I'm pretty much uh, not doing too much. I'm I'm working. I'm going to going to a game on Monday. I don't know. Probably what, I'll find a time to watch National though. I'm sure. Ah, yeah. Have you got a pick? Um, no, I was looking at Mr. Fog Patches and one right. or two down the bottom. Um, Velvet Elvis um, right. potentially Tom Gibney, but don't have a strong opinion. I, I think myself, Johnny, and yourself have all given about eight horses, and none of them, none, none, none of them are pace. the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah. To, um, I'm, I'm off to Hugo's for dinner with my American oh, cousins so well, very yeah. good enjoy it yeah so and um, enjoying Go United's big win last night when Manu Dimas was wearing gloves in 14 degree weather I mean what is it with modern day footballers or SC was it What's that? Johnny has a, Johnny is ironically someone who disliked Martin O'Neill's tenure, but he actually shares very similar worldviews around footballers wearing gloves and all this stuff. Got a lovely winning goal. Who else, who, who else do you think as a pundit would have strong opinions on players wearing gloves? Roy Keane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have to get his. You're, you're, you're effectively second guessing his opinions. This has been Football Saturday with Dan and Johnny. Thanks so much, uh, lads, as always, for uh, coming in. And we're going to be back after the break with the build up to Exeter and Munster, Thomond Park, Honigan Champions Cup, Munster, down by five but really hopeful of turning that around and getting into the last eight Liam Toland will join us after this Football on Off the Ball with Sky watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports